war. War never changes, and neither does swing. Blue moon, you saw me standing alone, without a dream in my heart, without a love of my own. Here it comes, podcasting's finest few hours of gaming prizes. Action RPG fans, come on down. Final Fantasy players, come on down. Might and Magic lovers, come on down. And Disgaea fanboys, come on down. You are the first four contestants on the RPG Backtrack. And here are the stars of the RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Mickey. your swords and prepare your spells. Your friends at RP Gamer got a story to tell. Are you ready to hear about your favorite RPGs? Because we'll be going back a few years in history. If you've got a backlog that is really long, we'll tell you what's right to play and what is wrong. we got RP Gamer staff on the mic to talk about these games for most of the night. So pull up a chair, we will give you no flack. You're listening to the RPG Backtrack. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is episode number 126. What happens in New Vegas stays in New Vegas. I am your usual host, Mike Beaky, and my usual co-host, Phil Willis, is stuck in a horrible, horrible place, which I gather is full of mold and mildew and uncomfortable humidity, and hopefully he'll be back for the next episode because he, he certainly didn't seem to be having fun last time I talked to him, but it's for the job. Now, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about Fallout New Vegas. And since I can't say a whole lot about it without relying on bland platitudes that will do no one any good, I've got two people who know an awful lot more about it. Scott Walker, and I guess she's now Sam Walker. is that right? Yes, uh, but of course the real RP Gamer Power couple has been and always will be Michael and Becky Cunningham. Thumbs up to them. Yay! Sadly, we don't have them tonight, but the next time we get the chance, we will remind them that they are the greatest couple which doesn't actually exist. And that's yeah. about all the intro we can do, so let's just take a little break in which we will put some beautiful, beautiful musical assemblage that will soothe your eardrums, and we'll be right back.
Yippee! There'll be no wedding bells for today. I got spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle, jingle, jangle. As I go riding merrily along, jingle, jangle. And they sing, Oh, ain't you glad you're single? Jingle, jangle. And that song ain't so very far from wrong. Lily Bell, oh Lily Bell, oh Lily Bell. Though I may have done some fooling, this is why I never fell. 'Cause I got spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle, jingle, jangle. As I go riding merrily along, jingle, jangle. And they sing, oh ain't you glad you're single? Jingle, jangle. And that song ain't so very far from wrong. everybody so fallout new vegas is on our agenda tonight this is a single player action rpg it was released on windows playstation 3 and the xbox 360 on october 19th 2010 in north america october 21st 2010 in australia october 22nd 2010 in the eu and on november 4th 2010 in japan which I'm sh- I don't think the sales would have been very high in Japan. Just a feeling here. They, they pushed it hard in Japan, actually. They were really throwing it out there as the anti-JRPG. Because it, it is. Well, I think I think the JRPG market might be a little too strong in Japan to really have a strong uh, hate-dom. I'm going to go out on that limb. I'm sure there are a cadre of subculture of Western gamers who love nothing but the CODs and... And the Assassin's Creed's who ate this up with a spoon, as is right and proper. But I'm guessing eh, it probably didn't do it any favors. I liked it. Well, yeah, because it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's better than Fallout 3, and since Manny's not here, I can say that happily without getting into an argument. Yeah, oh, because there's no argument to be Obsidian. had. <laughs> well, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's made by Obsidian. But I it mean, helps. <laughs> it helps. Um, it's just actually a better game. I mean, the, the big thing that people cite that's wrong with this one is that um, it has a lot of bugs. Hey, now, the consider, fault of it is that... Now, this game got turned around... Can... This day, game did get turned around in 18 months. That same year, we had another 18-month game, Dragon Age 2. Which was Obsidian also problematic. knows what they're up to, man. And it, <laughs> but, they inherited a pretty buggy engine to start. Yeah, and pretty much when you only have two people QAing a big game like this... You're going to have a plethora of bugs. 
Um, well, are, let's. Are the bugs in New Vegas worse than other Obsidian products? Um, um, I once loaded up the game and could not turn left. <laughs> that was, that was ah, okay. Fantastic. To, actually, there's also I'm, a couple quests that tend to break because they're too ambitious for and multi-leveled for uh, the Gamebryo engine to really manage. <laughs> See, I'm in a weird minority because I had more bugs in Fallout 3 than I did playing New Vegas. Now, keep in mind, by the time I played New Vegas, it was what? It had been a year. It had been about a year, so they had managed to iron out a good chunk of them. However, I had played Fallout 3 after New Vegas, and that was what? Four years after the fact? Three or four, yeah. And it was still a buggy piece of crap? Yep. So... For me personally, match point obsidian. Um, you know, truthfully, everyone bitches about the bugs in this game. For me, I didn't get that many. Like, at best, the one I got was an infinite loading glitch. And the one time that a death claw got stuck in the environment. But, that, but that, that's to... just, you You just smile at that because well, that's death helpful. claws are threatening in this game. Yeah, they're actually murderous. But well, they weren't nice in Fallout 2, I remember that. Yeah, well, in Fallout 3, they were kind of a joke. <laughs> oh, they were... You could steamroller them in 3. Well, Like, it was embarrassing. Like, I felt bad for the... the the For the death claws that fell to my shotgun in one shot in Fallout 3. Something happened to the species between the games. That's, that's well, pretty sad. I don't know, there's something on the East Coast that just wrecks them, I guess. Some sort of parasite we don't know about. See, I thought it was industrial pollution. Who knows? I thought it was weird that the death claws were so easy in three, but the mutants were the ones that were kind of balls hard. And then in this game, it's like, wait a minute, they're supposed to be difficult. Why aren't we making them difficult? But in this game, you play a courier, and Matthew Perry is an asshole to you. Yeah, Yeah, the first thing that happens is uh, Chandler Bing shoots you in the face. And then Saul Tide digs you up and gets you set back in, gets your head back in order. And then uh, you go off on, you just kind of run around Nevada, California border and wreck shit. Well, you, you technically have a few items of business you have to deal with. For starters, you have to go get your revenge on Chandler. And getting your revenge on Chandler is wonderful. Because nobody likes Chandler. Uh, I would like to kill Matt LeBlanc before Matthew Perry. Maybe that's just me. I think, I think most people would be with you on that one, James. Like, I, I am with you on that because I can't stand Matt LeBlanc. Um, but in this case, our option is Chandler. And he wears this really, really ugly checkered coat. And if you play as a woman in this game... The, the can... kind of thing that a used car salesman would wear? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, if you've ever played Monkey Island, he's got as blinding of a coat as Stan does. Oh, no, it's like, not It's not in Stan's level. Stan, Stan is a Stan category is unto best, himself. I don't know. I imagine, like, Chandler's character, they're doing the exact same thing in that coat, and it would blind me. But, you know, that's just me. If you play as a woman, though, you can take a perk, and the perk is you go have sex with Chandler, and then you smother him with a pillow. Because you're supposed to get a data chip, Right? It's a little data chip. Nobody knows what's on it, but you're the courier, so you're just taking it to wherever the destination is. He takes it from you, so you go get it back by smothering him with a pillow. Now, keep in mind, there's many different ways you can approach that quest. I smothered him with a pillow. Scott did something completely different, because you didn't play as a girl in your first playthrough. I shot him. 
You shot him. Face. Actually, and when then I, I shot all of his guys. Which is very fun. Actually, when I did my first Chandler play, has a lot of guys on his team. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Chandler has guys. I know, it's hard to believe. In my first playthrough, actually, it was pretty fantastic because Scott didn't know that you could smother Chandler to death with a pillow by having sex with him. So he was watching me play. He goes, what did you do? I'm like, I smothered Chandler with a pillow. He's like, that's pretty mean. He's like, should I be worried? I'm like, maybe. Um, so you go on the Vegas Strip, and then you're like, oh my god, there's this guy named Mr. House, and Mr. House is actually a giant supercomputer, and he's like, I want that chip, but you gotta do some stuff for me. And then it opens up this giant faction-based game, where you have multiple options of how you can approach different situations, um, with four distinct factions that you can choose from to participate in. Now keep in mind, because the game is super open, you can also mess up all those factions and just be like, screw you, I am... I want to go solo, and the world is mine. Except the game doesn't quite give you that, which is really the most disappointing thing about the part. whole thing. Like, no, I did all this work screwing all of these guys over so I could be king of the wasteland, and they don't give it to me. He was pretty disappointed. I, I, that was a rough, rough afternoon. I was hey, a little if bit... If you beat the crap out of everyone in your way, I'd say you deserve to be king. I know. That was my thoughts. No, I just apparently give the keys to the stand. robot and wander away. Well, everybody knows what happens if you give the keys to the robot. Eventually, it'll decide humanity's its enemy and try to put it down. Yeah, that that was what I thought. But apparently, Josh Sawyer doesn't agree with me. So there well, we go. The robot in this game is only programmed to say yes to things. That doesn't help. <laughs> His name is Yes Man. And he's this really smiley, happy robot who's like... I just am programmed to say yes to things. So yes. <laughs> so you can pick any option and he will always say yes to you. Um, and that's one approach to this. Sam. What? Lost you again. You I thought I fixed me. I thought I fixed your drive. Oh, I'm sorry. Um you can also side with Mr. House, who is also a computer. Well, he's not a computer. He's an old man in a two who talks to you through a computer. <laughs> through a computer, sorry. Who if you choose to, can go up to his little tube, and, um, and, you, can do a, and you can do a Scott did, which was punch him to death. I, I later reloaded a save with a nine iron, so perk. <laughs> yeah. um, was it fast with the nine iron? Uh, I, you know what? I was not really spec for lace, so it really matter what I used. It, it kind of took him a while. <laughs> it took a while. But actually, House is the house and is the, a playthrough I haven't done. But essentially, from what I gather, it's just. You side with him, and, and the game basically ends with House being like, I rule New Vegas, yay me! I didn't tell you why I need the chip, but yay me, I rule New Vegas! Well, it's um, weird when you go off the rails, like, he'll 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 try to be David Xanatos about it. I anticipated that, and now we move on to the contingency plan, and please stop, House. I'm trying to break your plan. Shut up. I'm gonna beat you with a 9-iron now for a perk. <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I haven't talk to anybody who's played the game who's actually sided with House. He seems because, like a tool. To be honest, it's not just that. It, it just seems boring to side with him because it makes the game, the game end just stupid early. Like, you could probably beat the game. If you if you did nothing else and just followed the main quest, you probably could be done in probably less than ten hours by doing House's uh, storyline. Because there's not that many quests to it because you still have to do all of House's quests if you choose to do one of the other three factions. But you so, have to mess with them. 
to exactly to mess with them. You could also choose to be friends with the uh, New California Republic. Nobody likes those guys. They seem like least less toolish than other factions. That's not saying much in the Fallout first. I know, but it's like your options are a bunch of slave driving wannabe Roman guys who they're they almost make sense. Like they're not quite stupid evil until you you get to the point where it's like, oh yeah, we also uh, enslave everyone, treat women terribly, and uh, reject modern or pre-war medicine for no reason. Well, they're trying to be Romans. Well, they it the the rationale makes sense. Like <laughs> it's they, just stupid. Like Caesar <laughs> fully expects to pacify the land by violence to make room for a democratic utopia afterward. But it's yeah, because like, Rome was such a democracy. Eh, he, hey, he, look, he had well, compared pay. to other things at the time, yeah, hey, but it it was better than being ruled by the Ostrich, is what they were. Is the the general the gist of it? Yeah, in yeah, in this game, I mean, you can you can choose to side with with Caesar, and siding with Caesar just essentially is you bringing his chaos. However. Interestingly, you can murder Caesar and have a completely different guy take over the Legion, which is what I did. And that made name, the plot... Is his name Brutus? No. No. Okay. No, but there was a quest actually called Etoup, which is pretty interesting. Where, where you kill him. <laughs> where you kill him. That is where you kill Caesar. Because um, it's funny, like, one of the perks is, like, you can save him if you're really, really good at medicine. So if you're really good at medicine, like, done deal. You can make surgery happen. If you're bad at medicine, well, it was like a medicine robot thing. Um, if you're bad at medicine, you can fake it. Like, oops. Like, I told you, basically, you can murder Caesar in such a way where you can lie and say, hey, like, the surgery didn't go very well. And if you have good standing with the Legion, um, they will think nothing of it. <laughs> they will assume you tried your best. If you have a bad standing with the Legion, the um, whole camp will come and murder you. You gotta punch them all. And it's not easy. <laughs> you don't have the option of a gun. You have to get up in their faces. Uh, they well, they confiscate your guns when you go in. Ah, yeah. so, so you don't have a choice. I mean, you, you can punch one and then steal his gun. But it's actually surprisingly. Don't you get to carry a scalpel or something for your surgery? I don't. That they, they don't no. really let you use that as a stabable. Also, oh. it's surprisingly tricky to actually take a weapon off of somebody in the camp. Because guaranteed, there's always, like, six other dudes yeah, like right you, behind them. You punch the one guy to death, and then there's still, you know, six other guys with weird submachine guns to shoot. So, unless you are spec'd for melee, you're kind of screwed in those situations. I should also mention that Mr. House is Father Mulcahy from the <laughs> movie version, not the TV. <laughs> so, probably be- better off to mention, call- just call him Odo. He's Odin. <laughs> I will just call him Mr. House, because I don't really care about him. I killed him every chance I got. With um, a nine iron? <laughs> I didn't kill him with a nine iron. One was punching him to death, and the other time I did it, uh, it was a nice little vats to the face with a shotgun. And then I got to watch the explosion of blood, which was entertaining. Or what little blood he had, really. Yeah, he's uh, a computer. What blood does he have? No, no. The he's a man in a tube. tube who talks okay. to a computer. Who talks right, to sorry, a computer. Sorry. Like, he looks like Vincent Price, which is kind of fantastic. So, those Very are your factions, and I said there was four, but really, the fourth one is you pretending to be renegade, but in actuality, you're just following Yes Man. Yeah, you, you just hand over shit to the robot. That, that's not... 
So, even though I've kind of broken down all the factions for you guys, they all sound surprisingly short. <laughs> There's a lot of ins and outs and power jockeying. There are different ways to complete those quests. Yeah. They're, they're, to like the this, point where you... like there are four real plot points game, but there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to go about getting to them. You can yeah. talk to people and make friends with crazy vault dwellers who've taken over an air force base, or make friends with the Elvis group. Hey, those guys are awesome. awesome. <laughs> yes, there's a cult of Elvises. They are fantastic. They are not a cult. They're a street gang oh, of Elvis right. impersonators. They are a street gang of Elvis impersonators. I'm sorry. And it's worth what noting... They, what, what are they armed? <laughs> um, shivs, shanks, some nine mils. Most of the time, they won't bother with you unless you pick a fight with them first. And they give you something really handy, so it's not worth pissing them off, which is a dog named Rex. And Rex is a fantastic companion... Because he's would, a robo-dog, and he will mess guys dog. up for you. And his quest is really, really sad. He has a character quest where you need to get him a new brain. And, like, it's heartbreaking how you have to go about getting him his new brain. Or, like, you can permanently kill him because you can't find him a brain. And it's so sad. He had, like, one of my favorite quests. It kind of broke my heart. Are there any Elvis tunes on the soundtrack? Uh, yes. Yes. I believe no. there are. Just a few, or... Good I number? I think just the one. Okay. Just the one. Like, you probably don't need more than one to get the point across. Well, that's the thing. I'm trying to remember. Because there was a lot of really, really good songs in this game. Um, it was a really good soundtrack, like, overall. And plus, actually, um, uh, when you're wandering around, instead of having Three Dog, which you get in Fallout 3... You, you get uh, Wayne Newton instead, and he's really cool because he's Wayne Newton. He's Mr. Vegas. I liked Wayne. He was fantastic. Is it the Wayne Newton? Is he voicing himself? It, well, it is the Wayne Newton, and he only identifies himself as Mr. New Vegas. Okay. Which is perfectly accurate. <laughs> so some of the songs that are in it, by the way, it's, you get Ain't That a Kick in the Head by Dean Martin, Big Iron by Martley uh, Marty Robbins, Blue Moon from Frank Sinatra, and Cowboys of course and the, the absolutely required. Um, it's a sin to tell a lie because it's the ink spots, and you have to leave have them playing ironically over the wasteland. It's the rules. Straight. Hey, they also have Love Me Though There Was No Tomorrow by Nat King Cole, which was fantastic. And something's got to give. Bing Crosby. Why don't you do right by Peggy Lee? Like. Ah, some of it was I'll, just so like a lot hard. of the Golden Age lounge acts. Uh, I'll also it, it's it's also fun to notice that uh, that Vegas, Vegas, the city itself, is divided in sections. You have uh, the Strip for people with money and Freeside for people with no money. And uh, you know uh, the Strip is very clearly uh, Rat Pack era, whereas Freeside is run by Vi Elvis impersonators, which is a nice reflection of the transition of Vegas from to the fifty or the fifties into the sixties. Elvis took over everywhere. Also, um, while you're wandering on the Strip, the four major hotels that are on the Strip are reminiscent of actual hotels that exist even now. For example, the Grand Lux is supposed to be the MGM Grand. Um, I don't remember what Gamora is. Gamora is, uh, God, I'm trying to remember which one it is. It's, it's the jungle-themed one. Although in this case, Gamora is lots of mutants and zombies. So is there a uh, Siegfried and Roy reference in there somewhere? I, I think there are cages where once might be have been found some um, 
Um, there's also tiger. the Big Top, which... Am I, I'm trying to remember. The Big Top, I think, was supposed to be Circus Circus, wasn't it? Uh, the Tops? I the Tops, yeah. I can't remember, but again, like they're, they're supposed to look like the actual hotels. And the hotel that you get to use as your base in the game, the Lucky 38, is actually a real hotel um, that people actually go to. I had a girlfriend who went and did a tour of Vegas as New Vegas, and she got her picture taken totally in front of the Lucky 38. So it is real. Um, yeah, I don't remember what Gamora is supposed to be, but... Um, I'm the- looking stuff <laughs> You're looking up now. Right now. Do you get to kill anybody who's a stand-in for Celine Dion? No. No, sadly. No, sadly. Um, the Grand Lux actually has a really interesting quest in it, though, that... that That's the one that'll break. That's It is one of the ones that will break. I didn't have it happen to me. I know it happened to Scott. Um, where you go in, there's a black tie affair, and uh, it turns out the place is run by cannibals. Except... You wouldn't know that they're cannibals right away because they are so friendly to you. And, like, they're telling you, like, hey, you should go get dressed up, you know, come party with us. Um, like, you kind of learn that there are some people who are in the Grand Lux. They're not cannibals. Sam, um, the Ultra Lux, by the way. Ultra Lux. The, the, I'm sure someone listening is pulling his hair out. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, I'll mention that. Okay, if I had so. ever been to Vegas, I could tell you, but I haven't. Right, the Ultralux. Um, let's change it to make sure it's correct. Um, I'm trying to remember because it was like this guy who was, I think, a sheriff or something, or he was just no, really. He was, he was a cattle. He was a cattle driver. That was what it was. Someone has a job related to food in this game. Yes. Think about that for just one minute. You meet a guy whose job it is to raise cows so people can eat cows in a city. And then you go outside the city and you see fields of corn and there's irrigation channels. And you can follow the irrigation pipes straight to the lake like someone actually understand. thought about what they understand. eat. <sighs> yeah, kind of like how Fallout 3 didn't. Yeah. In any case... <sighs> Aren't so you good. That one out? Uh, I, I sense something big just got off your chest. Oh, like even, even just it? having that. Like people have jobs. There's industry. You can go into a building where people are making bullets. Well, like that's, that's like they live there and they make bullets and you can buy bullets or you can shoot them all and then make bullets of station. The corpse slumped over it. You know. The well, way. It, you know, it sounds trivial what Scott's saying, but he's got a point. It just seemed really weird in Fallout 3 that, like, nobody was doing anything. But they were all like, oh, there's so many problems. And, yes, the game is fun. But those types of things can be really noticeable after 90 hours. In New Vegas, it's kind of interesting that Obsidian chose to make people do work. Make it look like, yes, it was the end of the world, but we're still trying to fix things. Or we're still trying to do things. Or at least look like we're self-sufficient. I mean, people have jobs. It's kind of crazy. Like, in the Ultralux, you actually see people waiting tables, serving food, working at the concierge desk. It sounds stupid. Let's face it. By this point, after the bombs have fallen, all of the canned goods and stuff that wouldn't immediately fall apart has probably been gone over. Except for the really inaccessible parts. Well, and, I mean, there's still a bunch of pre-war junk lying around like you'll still have about a hundred boxes of breakfast but i almost believe it here because for every for every 200 year old box of deviled eggs 
is that's for sale. There's hey, we threw three vegetables and a and a monster iguana into a pot and we're serving that as stew. You can make that at a campfire or you could pay us, whichever. You get to have iguana on a stick again? Oh yeah. Still going with me. Okay. But yeah, I actually just thought in terms of quests, this game was a lot more thoughtful about them than three was. Um Weirdly, they make you almost emotionally invested at times. Well, they they actually wrote characters as opposed to check as opposed to checklists, and there's a lot of ins and outs to all of to a lot of the quests. You can you'll come to a hub and you'll get one quest that requires you to interact or lets you interact with three people, and then you can choose how to play it out. Whereas you know if if you if you ended up at um, Rivet City, let's say, you'd get the quest of, oh, hey, there's an android, uh, and then you'd wander around trying to find the android. And it's like, oh, at the finally you get to the end and you can do something, maybe. But if you do, Three Dog's going to remind you that you're a jerk for shooting him. I, I, I'll also mention... Were you, were you a jerk for just shooting him? Uh, I, not really, no. Okay. I, I wasn't feeling Harrison Ford that day. But I'll mention now that the Lucky 38 is the Stratosphere, which is, I believe, closed now? I, Maybe. I, I can't I remember. Um, I've never been to Vegas. Uh, Vegas the is hard times the, recently. Uh, the Ultralux is the Mirage Casino. Is it really? Because yes. it looks like the friggin' MGM Grand. The fountain is from the Grand. The actual exterior, the, the design of it is more the Mirage. Oh, that's why it's so confusing. Uh, the tops is... Yeah, the tops is Circus Circus. I got one point. <laughs> one uh, point. Gamora is the Sahara. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to remember which ones. Like, there's a bunch of it that is are real places. Like, uh, Freeside is based on the East. Is based on uh, uh, Fremont East, I think. Um, the Atomic Wrangler is just the regular Wrangler. Uh, the Silver Rush is the Golden Nugget. Um. The King's School of Impersonation is at the Four Queens Hotel. Which is totally there somewhere. The Old Mormon Fort is the Old Mormon Fort. <laughs> uh, Nipton is still Nipton. Like, most of this seem to be real places. Like, uh, Jean's Skydiving, I think, is a real place. It's it's a Jean's Airstrip. I'm trying to remember if Mormonism allows gambling. <laughs> uh, they do not. Uh, Talk about a strange bedfellow. <laughs> Uh, Novak is Baker, California. Hidden Valley is still Hidden Valley. Uh, Vicky and Vance is, I believe, based on Whiskey Pete. And Bison Steve's is Buffalo Bills. Those are your obvious ones. Yeah, makes sense. So, there, we got that out of the way. Lots of actual landmarks. And, uh, there's there's actually a great blog. Uh, it's NewVegasTour.com, where a guy who I guess is reasonably local went around to all of the locations featured trying to find parallels. Like, you can see side-by-side screenshot to this guy's photos, uh, you know, comparisons, and just get a feel for how how much effort they did try to put into this. Well, I remember Manny talking about how the environments of Fallout 3 were pretty accurate when he went to the D.C. area, so that doesn't surprise me. Well, it it helps that Bethesda is somewhere in the D.C. area. That does help. Yeah. That's cheating. Well, it, what's really cheating is that they put their own offices as a bonus dungeon Fallout 3. That's true. Cheaters. 
Well, how many people outside of those offices would know the layout so that the th- things could have been fudged and no one would know? Um, you know what? Next time one of us tours, I'm going to make them compare it to the map from uh, Fallout 3 just, just to be safe. You definitely need to. Yeah. Otherwise, who knows what could be gotten away with. <laughs> uh, I see that the Hoover Dam also plays a role in here somehow. It, it is the MacGuffin location of the game in that, hey, um, no one really bothered to nuke Vegas, which also- means that the Hoover Dam managed to stay running because it's the desert and someone's been around it for 200 years. God, uh, remember what robots. I did? Remember what I did Hoover Dam? So, in my bad yes, so the whole each faction wants control of Hoover Dam to provide electricity for their faction fuel future so that they can, you know, do more stuff with electricity and uh, trum- triumph over their foes, which sounds perfectly normal as opposed to uh, having a big pissing match over some drinking water that should be fun. Um, no, I was talking about the incident. With oh. the president, well, can Sam- you, you tell that story because you do it better than I okay, do? Okay, so the the big there are two things that happen at Hoover Dam. Two really. One is the final battle where you join whichever side you uh, hooked up with and run around and shoot all the other guys, robots, legionnaires, NCR troopers, whichever. And then the other thing is that uh, the president of the New California Republic visit. And in a couple of playthroughs, you have to infiltrate the who, the dam and assassinate him. There are a whole bunch of ways to go about this. Uh, there's a whole way you can be subtle where you pose as a maintenance person and set up, uh, you know, the podium to explode the second he speaks. You can sabotage the anti-aircraft guns to take out his helicopter, either as he's about to come into land or as he leaves. Uh, however, Samantha... In oh her God, own inimitable way, uh, did the thing that comes to her naturally, which is to, of course, wait just uh, right, right next to where he's about to give his speech. And as he got off his helicopter, uh, open up. The crowd. Oh, in, in the middle the of crowd. a crowd of NCR troops, including carefully positioned snipers all along the dam, uh, just wait till he got off the helicopter, uh, pulled up vats shot him in the face, and ran away like a crazy person. Scott Did played. this work? Yes. Yes. Actually, that but was as she part, was, I as I saw what she was about to do, I queued up Yakety Sax. <laughs> <laughs> and it was perfect. Like, I kind of wish we had had it filmed. So how many shells and bullets are now passing over your head? Oh, or? all of the bullets. All of the bullets. <laughs> the, best, the best part was, though, they did eventually stop following me. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> uh, that assassin's just gonna run away. We'll let her. Think of it this way. It was like that Simpsons quote, you know, you're out there, Boo Baron. I'll find you. No, you won't. <laughs> that was totally me running away. It was brilliant. Because I was like, I want to do a douchebag playthrough. And Scott's like, well, you have to kill the president. I'm like, I'll get him. I'll get him. Scott's like, well, there's so many different ways to do it. And I was just like, I'm going to wait in the crowd. <laughs> I'm just going to stand here until he walks by and then shoot him with this laser bay. gun. His head, like, popped off, too. That was the funny part. It was like, it was just mass hysteria. What'd you do? Hit it at the join with the neck? We don't know. The All I know Fallout was characters had... ragdoll weird. Also, I had 100% on the headshot, so of course I was going to take it. Totally worth it. My girl, like, ran back to Kaiser, and she was like, I did it. I killed the president. 
Meanwhile, you know, if you're nice and not siding with Kaiser, um, you have to save the president from being assassinated by the Legion. And it's so much spotting the guy who's posing as a maintenance man to plant explosives. And it's so boring. It is so boring to save the president. It is a fun series of investigative beats. That are boring. Hey. You had fun with them. I didn't. I'll also point out that uh, the followers in this game seem to actually have personality and quests attached to them. And, and they're useful. They're, they're really useful, and they have fun TV people voicing them. Like, you can hang out with Daddy Trejo. He's a ghoul. He fixes stuff. Or Boone. Boone is fantastic because well, most of the time he's, Boone is he's... fantastic because he will he he has some sort of Superman vision. Like there will be a gecko half a mile away, and it will and he will see it and he will shoot it. And all you will know is you have ten more experience because Boone shot a guy, and you won't know why. Like you'll get that little cutoff of Boone shot something. It's like thanks, Boone. Um, but he's he's fantastic as a follower to have. I qu- I quite liked him, and I actually thought his quest line was really good too. Well, it, it's really it's just a two-thing. There was four of them, actually. Four things? Four things, because the very last thing you learn is he wants to get revenge for his wife and his unborn child, and he gets it. Like, you actually can allow Boone to murder the person that, you know, caused that problem. Or um, you can, you know, kill the person for Boone, which makes him unhappy because he wants to do it. How does and- that affect your karma? Uh, well, here's the thing. Karma doesn't matter in this game. Like, it's there, but... It's there and it affects certain th- aspects, but it's not the same as Fallout like, 3. Like, most of it is... It's back to the reputation system from Fallout 1 and 2 with the added uh, facts that it intersects with the various factions. Like, all of them. Petty little gangs and some tribals out. Everyone has an opinion of you the second you interact with them. So you, you can go run around, you know, shooting all sorts of guys, and, and some people may or may not care. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, actually. Like, when Caesar accidentally died in my good playthrough, when I was sort of faking it for the Legion, um, I had actually had no Legionnaires trying to kill me, despite the fact that I totally sided with Yes Man in that first playthrough. So I don't know if my game was borked, or just, they were like, well... No, you just no, I, played it right. You, you let... I had a high enough rep with them, too. Yeah. Like, it was the NCR that wanted me dead every time. Because, <laughs> you know... Like, I tried my best. When I, was, when I did my first playthrough of this game, I did try to balance my reputation as much as I could. And it was really challenging, just because it, you know, you never know who you're going to piss off or how much your rep you will reputation will decrease based on a decision you make. Um, and like I said, I, I banished this group, the New California Republic, like it was nobody's business. Well, and, and, that's what I drew. And, it, and, it, and it's not that it's easy. It's that there are plenty of levels where your reputation is mixed. Well, you did this big thing to help us, so we'll forgive the fact that you constantly murder all our guys. Yeah. When you see them out there. <laughs> We only put the people we don't really like out there. You're doing us a favor. Like, really, we, we just send them out there because we want to make sure they have plenty of opportunities to get eaten by giant scorpions. Because, you know. Because, you know, that's what they do. And you can, and hell, the, the, you know, there's there's all manner of things going on. Like, this game is just fun. Like, you will run into things that you just wouldn't believe. Like, there there's a, uh, there, there's a solar collection, just, just like a square mile of solar panel. 
and they're broken. Like the control system doesn't work. And if you're a savvy guy, you can fix it. And you can route the power any way you'd like. There's cash on the line to push it to the Brotherhood of Steel or the followers or... Which you and I never did. Or, or the NCR. But if you really go digging, you find out that the whole operation is a cover for a moon laser. Yep. You can moon laser an entire faction. Which I did. I don't remember which one I did, though. I think you got rid of the cons because you didn't like them. Who who built the moon laser? Just curious. It is a pre-war moon laser. Ah, so it's the, the next iteration of Star Wars. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was something Reagan came up with. And you're right; it was the cons. Now that I think about it, because they were following me around a lot, and it drove me crazy. Like you, you could literally just knock Caesar's Legion off the map right there, and the game lets you. Like Obsidian is like, we're gonna leave this in here for the one guy who's got a computer's at over eighty, and just let him do it. And then I did. I pushed that button. <laughs> it's totally worth it. Yeah. Um, like, just knowing that you can do that kind of stuff, I mean, it just makes it such a fantastic game. Just the level of depth that Obsidian clearly put in to, to make sure that your choices actually mattered. You know, I appreciate that because, I mean, there's nothing worse than playing a game and then finding out that your choices only sort of matter or they don't matter at all. And for the most part, other than with Yes Man, that is the one the one quest line I'm going to kind of fault Obsidian for, because that's the card they played. The, you know, you sort of, like, are in control, but kind of not. Otherwise, they set out that goal to make your choices matter, and I would say they succeeded for the most part. Um, and, you know, when we get to the DLC, I mean, they really, really outdid themselves. Yeah, just no, in, in how like, they set the, a lot is, of the stuff up. This whole thing is just all stops pulled at, and I'm shocked at how little... T- and I mean, sure, it shows in the QA, like, God help you if you bought this on a PlayStation 3. God help you. <laughs> I'm guessing the 360 isn't much better. Uh, the 360 is slightly better, but um, the PlayStation 3 version has uh, the classic Game Boy issue. If your save file hits 10 megabytes, which it will if you bought any DLC with it, or even just mess around with objects in the world, like if you decide to decorate your apartment, it's pretty much, it's going to hit that threshold. And then it just breaks, like it won't load the file, your frame rate will go to hell, uh, it, it, no one, no one either at Bethesda or, or Obsidian or anyone is really capable of patching this. Yeah, the PS- part of it has to do with uh, it. It's in the Gamebryo engine from, uh, I believe, Game Base USA, which no longer exists. Mostly, <laughs> it's I, not pretty. Yeah, I think they. they I think they. They kind of died off, and they. But if you played it on 360 and PC, you were mostly fine. I, I say mostly I <laughs> think... after the after the initial patches, right? Well, you you've now had a few years. If you're really anal about it, you can get a PC version on the cheap because it goes. The ultimate edition does go on sale pretty often, and there is a community patch that fixes about uh, thirty thousand bugs. Yay! That sounds like an awful lot, but how many total bugs are we talking? Uh, there's quite a few. Like that's the thing for the people who did have crazy bugs. There's a lot. Um. A lot. Well, here's the thing. Some of them are just so weirdly specific that you'll never see them odds on. Yep. But when you don't have a quest trigger or a quest is locked, those ones are nice to have fixes for. Yeah. 
Also, we didn't really talk about the companions, other than we you mentioned Raul, which is Danny Trejo. We talked about Boone. Um, my actual favorite companion that I used outside of the dog was uh, Cassidy, um, mostly because her perk whiskey rose was like the best thing ever. You could get drunk and be more awesome for no I penalties. Yeah, it was just like the drunken fist, except the drunken shooting gun yeah, yeah pretty much like she she had this sawed off shotgun and you'd both be drunk off your asses she could make whiskey just out of thin air and well actually not out of thin air you had to have i think corn and yeast which as long pretty, as you had it though those you could find those uh you had arcade ganon who is a gay doctor voiced by the guy who played chuck on chuck <laughs> mean zachary levi uh, that yeah that's his name there was also Lily Bowen, who was a really cute little nightkin who had a grandma voice, except it's actually voiced by a man. Um, but she was really cute, and you find her in um, an area near, I believe it's Vault 17. You, you find her at a ski resort. That was what it was. The fake Canadian ski resort. Uh, Beavers yeah. and crap. Um, she's actually Canadian? A- Does that mean it's supposed to be run by Canadians? <laughs> I don't know. I just know that, like, Lily was really overpowered. And I don't think that was intentional. It's just she could... She's a super mutant who can turn invisible. (laughs) Yeah. And she can really, really take a beating. And... You also get a a robot. (laughs) She was a good companion. I liked liked Lily. um, Eddie, the robot... I don't want to talk about him quite yet, Scott, because he's really important for one of those DLCs. Yeah, like when you in, you get introduced to it, and it's an iBot. Like, you, you shot a billion of them in Fallout 3. And the, this one is just... Not because iBots are threatening, but because they're annoying. And play John Philip Suzette, and you want to shoot them. So... Yeah, pretty much. And so, uh, Eddie, you, you find him in Prim, real place also. And you can fix him up, and he'll follow you around, and he'll uh, he'll find stuff for you and help you uh, repair electronics while you... The other big addition is uh, Veronica, who's a Brotherhood of Steel scribe. Oh, voiced... she sucks. Yeah, she's the worst. She's voiced by... Those Which may not be a co- Those may or may not be coincidental. Um, th- she actually also kind of looks like Felicia Day. Yeah. That That's intentional. But she she's, she's pretty okay at punching dudes. She works for the Brotherhood of Steel, which is lame. And, like, she gets outcasted by them, but she's still all like, yeah, I still like the Brotherhood, despite the fact that, like, they kicked me out. And it's like, they kicked you out of their super cult of stupid. You should be happy. You can now do stuff. You've been kicked out of the Brotherhood of doesn't do stuff, so you can help me do stuff. (laughs) And, like, uh, just... She's probably one of the weaker companions. I I didn't find her particularly useful, and I I used her like once or twice. Basically, when the game told me I had to use her, I used her. Otherwise, uh, Cassidy and Boone kind of were the ones I used more often than not. So there's there, there's a good cast of characters though, and like they do have some very interesting quests, and um, yeah, like I I enjoyed it. I also love the DLC in this game. Oh my goodness. Well, okay, since I'm going by Wiki, and Wiki says that Vats is pretty much the same as Fallout 3. Is this true? Yes. Yes, but they fixed stealth so it isn't the unstoppable god skill. I think they changed how crits work, which yes, was they did. related. Because I know, I 
because I tried to recreate my crit stacking horror, and I didn't stack so many crits and kill everything in one shotgun blast. Damn. Yeah, Wait, sorry. That's, that's actually good. Game yeah, balanced. Sorry, good. sorry, the game is balanced now, kids. Also, I thought the perks were a lot better done in yes, this game. Yes, that is also uh, true. Um, and I think the perks actually felt more like they were integral to what you were doing. Um, plus, there was also a weird perk where you could have, like, the Weird West and stupid things would happen. Like, it, it was all the jokes from Fallout 2 just dialed up a bit. Like, you'd be running through a compound owned by uh, Caesar's Legion, and there would be uh, Romani Aeant Domum graffiti around uh, on the building. Wasn't there also two bears high-fiving? Yeah, well, that's in the DLC. They, they decided to promote a me- uh, the main game in one of the DLCs, and you run into a tribal guy named Two Bears High-Fiving because of it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cute. So, that that me- must be an unusual Indian name. Yeah. A lot of the names in that DLC were kind of special. I'm, I'm still not getting why the tribals act like 1950s TV Indies, but we'll... That, we'll that's, roll with it. I'm just going to I mean, roll maybe, with maybe it rather than question the uncomfortable name of it maybe all. Maybe all of their ancestors were so divorced from their culture that the only thing they had to go by were whatever TV reruns they could dig out of the vaults. I don't know. Yeah. But seriously, like, a lot of the perks you got in this game were awesome. Like, I loved the Lady Killer Black Widow perk, which was an extra 10% damage to the opposite sex. And it also changed dialogue options. That's where you could, like I said, well, kill. Well, that, that was in Fallout 3, but it was better here. And they also would introduce well, would the equivalents. They, they introduced equivalents for homosexuals. Which was interesting, too. Hey, um, confirmed bachelor pays off. I'm just going to say <laughs> that. It actually does. Uh, I mean, there were so many that I wanted to choose from. And, like, for example, you can do the cannibalism as a perk. Like, you'll lose some karma, but... You can totally eat people to stay alive. So, what is it? Just does it replenish your health, or is it just to avoid starvation? Um, Both, because this this all this game also introduced hardcore mode, which was inspired by some Fallout Three mode. Eat and sleep and maintain a amount of hydration. Which Scott did? I haven't done it yet. Well, it's really forgiving. Uh, I think the hardest part is that you need doctor's bag recover broken limbs, but even that you can kind of work around pretty manageable it's pretty manageable like you'll spend you know maybe part of the early game with some broken legs because the powder gangers just kept lobbing explosive at at you but you'll be able to drag yourself somewhere in the vicinity of enough equipment create your own doctor's bag out of stuff you find because that's the other thing that got expended was item crafting you can do it it's based on other skill learn how to make new i also always took the animal friend perk because that was really, really handy. Oh, yeah. Well, considering that one of the new animal enemies is Kazadors, or horrible butterflies that shoot poison. Uh, them. They're the worst. They, admittedly, that is like the worst thing to come out of New Vegas for me with the Kazadors. Because the worst part is there's not just one usually, it's usually a swarm. Somehow they swarm. So you have to deal with the fact that you either have to get up stupid close and vast them to death. Or you have to do your best to try to take as many pot shots as you can and hope that you cripple their wings, so that way they're just stuck on the ground, and then you can murder them. As long how as they big, have wings. How big are these butterflies? Standard they're size? Huge. Oh, they're okay. they're huge. They're like small right. dogs. But they're fast, and the poison. Like that also they, like small dogs. <laughs> like the poison that they spout, if it hits you, 
it can do some pretty nasty damage. Also like, like small dogs. Yeah. Do they make sounds like small dogs? No, but they no. make a lot of puking noises. They make puking noises. Which is actually some small dogs. <laughs> also, yes. you, you can totally take a perk to be a, a Nuka-Cola chemist. Which lets you turn one kind of Nuka-Cola into other kinds of Nuka-Cola, which is handy. You know, I love that one. Uh, it was, to me, kind of pointless, but um, I also enjoyed the chem-resistant, because that kind of helps to avoid addiction, <laughs> which is really easy to do in this game when you're not careful. So did the, you get addicted to something, Sam? I did. She got addicted to a lot of things. Like playing the game? Yeah, um, that too. Like, I just, like, the, the list goes on, but just, it's fantastic. And having the companion perks to go with it just makes it all the better. Like, I'm telling you, Whiskey Rose, totally awesome, which I know you already explained, but I love it. I also loved, um, Raul had a really good one too. Like, he could uh, fix your weapons and stuff. Or make sure that your weapons didn't decay very fast, which was kind of handy. Um, whereas Veronica's was stupid because it was the player can craft a workbench item through Veronica's dialogue. Boring. Hey, See, Veronica's having boring. a workbench anywhere you needed had its had its. Oh yes, I, I understand that, but she's still boring. Also, oh my God, Rex had a really good one because he was notorious. He would mark territory. That was, that was his ability, so it was like chem, firearms, and ammunition within sort short distance are highlighted when you zoom in. So he would show you all, like, the bad things on the map. Well, even the good things. And the good things. Like, Rex would also bring you items, because he's a good boy. Well, by marking my- territory, does that keep weak things from going out and fighting you, or does it piss big things off to come after you? Neither. It just shows you in a distance, let's say, where something might be. And it'll highlight it for you. So that way, for example, if you can't see the giant death cloth that's, like, nearby, it highlights it for you so you can run away. Okay. Which is handy. Yes. Especially for death claws. I had a horrible incident with the death claws where um, I found a train station while wandering New Vegas. And um, four death claws surrounded me in said train station. But they couldn't get me because I was hiding under it. But they were trying their best to claw at me. Um, they were they were kind of stuck, like they just couldn't get under the plank. So on one sense, that was really scary. On the other hand, thank goodness I had enough bullets to kill all of them. It's just a shame they take forever to die. Well, and th- this is the other thing. Unlike unlike Bethesda, Fallout New Vegas didn't tailor the entire world at the same time. There's there there is a old mine full of death claws. It is going to be full of the biggest, meanest, worst death claws ever, no matter what level you're at. If you try to circumvent the first few plot quests and walk straight from uh, Good Springs to Vegas, you will come across a can-can line of death claws, and you will die. A lot. <laughs> a lot. It's yeah, very I, easy to do. I'm sure if you feel like saving every time you make 30 seconds of progress and it takes 10 hours to get anywhere someone will do that but most people probably say that's not worth it yeah i mean there there is an area in one of the dlc that i would actually argue is worse for deathclaw rampantness and scott you probably know exactly which area i'm talking about in lonesome road (laughs) well one other thing that wiki says you can do since this is Vegas, is go is go gamble. Yep, there are gambling mini games. I, I sucked at all of them, so I, I didn't really play them. But you can, you can gamble 
if it's apparently there's a game called Caravan, which is specific to this game. Yeah, it's kind of like Bridge, but dumb. Okay, Uh, and it's like Pazak in that you have to buy your own cards to win. So (laughs) just don't bother. Just play blackjack. Blackjack. Yeah, I know. I know the rules for blackjack. Yeah, it's it's an easier game to play. Let's face it. Caravan actually, you actually have to kind of sit and have some patience for. Um, I was terrible at it. I'm not going to deny it. So I just didn't bother a lot of the time. And there's this thing called the companion wheel. Is this good? Uh, it's certainly better than interacting with your companions in Fallout 3. It, it, it's a little button you push, and then you can give directions to your guy. Like, so in other words, say Boone, go shoot over there. He would. He'll go do what you, what you tell him. Or you wouldn't have to dig through three dialogues to open up his in so you could load him down with all your extra bullets. Because you're playing oh. in hardcore mode, and ammo has weight. Not accurate weight. Weight. Just like Fallout 2. Yep. Hey, I'm fine with, you know, 10 shotgun shells not weight. An actual pound. I'm fine with that break reality. And how much, what's your weight limit? Or, or does it change based on perks? It, it, shiv- it shifts based on your strength and whether you're not playing in hard. Because that also... And then there's even perks like Pack Rat, where little things weigh even less. Which is so nice. So nice. Good perks. Like I said, the perks are wonderful for the most part in this game. Like, I really can't complain about a lot of them. Whereas Finally, a reason to take points in barter. <laughs> yeah, because bartering actually works in this game. It's awesome. If you fail a barter, oh well, you just pay full price. Most of the time you can make it work, though. I love this game. See? Like, I'm gushing. You said you put, how many hours did you put into it total? Um, I did two full playthroughs. With all the DLC. With all the DLC. I didn't do the DLC twice, mind you. Um, I easily put over maybe 125-ish, I want to say. I'd say you got your money's worth then. Oh, totally. Um, And like I said, the the DLC in this game, really meaty. So, it's not like... like Shall we? Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, Let's just go with the release order. Okay. Dead money. Dead money is the worst one? Um, I would argue it is slightly better than Honest Hearts, but it depends well, kind of how you're playing the game, because Honest Hearts, the second DLC that you get, is awesome if you play as a melee character. Well, well no, Dead Money, Dead Money's worst one, just because uh, for the first half, you have to do whatever the man on the intercom said. And oh, and you're wearing a collar. Or your head explodes. Or if you walk too close to speakers and don't blow them up, your head explodes. And then when you finally get rid of it, you still have to fight the same damn enemy over and over. Only two guys. And they don't even die right if you don't crack their limbs. Except they give you the best limb damage weapon right off the bat. Yeah, that... I don't know. Dead Money was kind of a weird, uh, weird DLC. I wouldn't say it was... The worst. No, it's the worst. I, I, it's the worst. Okay, right, it's the worst. I actually like them all, but for different reasons. Dead Money was the one, though, that definitely made me feel the most frustration of the bunch, if only because of the fact that a lot of the time you didn't know where those stupid speakers were, so you just explode instantly, and then you'd have to reload and play the okay, let's look around, double check. Like this is the DLC that if you're not a patient person. Um, you will be very angry the whole time. And I am not a patient person, so I was cranky the whole time. Easy. Like, 
it was just not fun. Like the story aspect was kind of interesting because you go to this casino in the Sierra Madre and like you learn about the band on the voice and there's a lot of interesting ideas. It's just the gameplay mechanic for that one was, was brutal. It was, it was bad. And then Honest Hearts was the second one, which actually I played first. <laughs> well, uh, this one it. is you go to Zion National Park, which is now full of crazy monsters, and uh, Fallout 1950s, 1950s Indians? Yeah, well, Fallout <laughs> 2 style tribals. Yeah. And you have to deal with a conflict between uh, the tribals and some Mormon guys. Named Joshua Graham. Yeah. Who's trying to spread Mormonism. For well, that's, that's true to life. The Mormons are very. Evangelical. Yeah, even even after the nukes hit Utah. <laughs> the Mormons have spread beyond Utah by now. There will be Mormons even after the apocalypse. Thankfully, like, this is the shortest of the DLCs. It's just that the environment is kind of a maze and has a lot of verticality, which the map doesn't communicating. Which is not fun, but, like, for what it's worth, like, in terms of the actual quest chain for it, really short. Uh, in terms of navigating it, kind of long, depending on uh, how well you navigate it. Now, there's a lot of little neat... There's there's neat little things to find in here, like uh, you can find a series of diaries from a guy who was a park ranger when the bombs hit, and it goes... It, it spans decades as he sees, you know, Cazadors get even bigger, and, you know, interacts with the tribals and makes friends with traders. Oh, and there was the Burning Man, who really was a Burning Man, interestingly enough. Um... Caesar lit him I, on fire for screwing up uh, his attempt to conquer the Hebrew Dan the first. I, I kind of wished, you know, they had done more with that. Because he, he seemed kind of interesting, and yeah, they didn't really uh, expand on that. Well, if you so sit what? there and talk to him, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you the whole story about everything, his thoughts, and his, all the while constantly checking uh, an infinite pile of... Uh, for, like, seriously... He's got to have them. Well, no, like, seriously, he, he, he'll, like... Unlo- he's not stripping them, but he's checking them. So he'll pull one from a nondist pile of just mismatch, mishmat, check it, and put it onto a very straight-ordered pile. And it's just infinite on both sides. <laughs> it's weird to watch. It's a custom uh, animation, and they were very proud of it. The last two DLC are easily the best Wait. two. Because let's face it, there's not much to talk about with Honest Hearts. It's there. Um, I don't know. It's kind of lame, too. <laughs> Okay, Old World Blues must not be that lame. Oh, uh, it's, no, it's the best it's, one. See, I like I like Lonesome Road better. No, Old but, World Blues, no. Old, old World's better. Old World's better. And this, is, this is why we're married, because we can't make up our minds. Um, I love so, Old World Blues for the writing. Lonesome Road does some really interesting gameplay aspects as well as writing. And I don't, I don't know, like... Emotionally, I was more attached to Lonesome Road, but Old World Blues is is brilliant. It really is. Um, You go to the big MT to essentially like you're lobotomized, and you meet these robots who are well, 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 they're they're they're, like eyeballs things. They're super scientists who are like eyeball things who 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 have brains in jars and are on robots, and they've kidnapped you and hidden your organs from you. And so you, you have to get your organs back. So you have to run around and uh, engage in feats of mad science to get your organs back. Uh, are they doing easy. anything to your organs or just moving them elsewhere? They're just moving them around. Okay. They're just moving them around. They're, they're, they're kind of experimenting on you in the sense that they, they want to understand 
the human organs and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, if we take out your liver and put it in a refrigerator 50 feet away, how will you respond? Hmm. Well, let's just put it this way. It's just the writing for this one is just really funny. Like the best part of it is really engaging with all the characters that exist in it because it's just funny. Just some of the logic that they have. Well, like again, they're mad scientists and one of the, the, this is a pre-war think tank. These guys are literal mad scientists can accomplish damn nearing if they put their mind. So the one guy who saw through, saw how bad that could be uh, decided to mess with their heads and then pose as an evil genius to constantly threaten them so they'd keep thinking of ways to stop him so they wouldn't come up with ways to ruin everything for everyone. <laughs> oh, and, it's, and there's a killer toaster, and he was my favorite character. Oh, yeah. Well, one of your... One of the characters you interact with is a toaster. He has an AI. He wants to conquer the world. And there's also two light switches in your bedroom who want to have an illicit affair with you. And then they wonder if you're cheating on them with the other one, which is really cute because they sound like 1950s, uh, you know, go girls. Uh, just funny. Also, what was it? There's also the the dancing plant. Yeah, there's a dancing plant and there's a miniaturized Securiton robot who has an obsession with coffee cups. And, like, he's sad when you take coffee cups away from him. Because he actually behaves like he's over-caffeinated. But the toaster's the best. The toaster will actually run around and say, I will rule the world! And then you can just punt him with your foot. And then he gets upset with you. And he'll try to murder you in your sleep, except for the part where he's a toaster, so there's not he much can you really can mildly do. burn you. Mildly. So, toaster best part of the whole thing actually big, big toaster standard size toaster it's, standard it's, size toaster standard two size, slots. Two okay. toaster. um but yeah just really funny um and just a lot of the quests like as you're doing them and stuff like they're really humorous like when you're going to get your organs back like they make fun of you the whole time yeah like your um, organs will talk to you and make fun of you so really really funny and honestly, like, if if you get any of the DLC for this game, this is really the one to get. Like if you only have $5 to spare. Yeah. And you can't get the Ultimate Edition for some reason. For some yeah. reason. Get this one. And the toaster is also helpful, because if you get on his good side, he'll help you create the awesomest of punching. Yes, he will. Superheated Saturnite power face. So, so, so the badass little toaster. He is the so- he is when the you punch, you, you burn them? Is that the idea? Hmm? Yes, so when you, you punch... Yes, you punch them so hard, they light on fire. Because I didn't do a punching character. You should roll up a punching character. I will awesome. probably, the next time I play, roll up a punching character. Because, you know, punching the dudes. Man, we didn't talk about Fisto. <laughs> Fisto was awesome. So before we go to Lonesome Road, there's a quest with a sex robot named Fisto. Well, he, he's just one of the regular robots, but you can reprogram to be a sex, which makes it even worse. Done. Fisto was talked about. Lonesome Road. So his name is completely accurate. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very and much like, so. The team will just, face just, to black if you ask Fisto for a hand job. We we just have to establish this because there are people who will want to have everything spelled out. Fisto, it really is a thing. It's sex robot. Lonesome Road. Let's talk about Lonesome Road because it's really really good, but really freaking hard. Like, this this is the balls-hard DLC of the bunch. So, But it's worth 
worth it. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing you should know is that when you're discovering your own backstory, in the, they mentioned that there were a bunch of decoy packages that you got, and you got shot over. There was one guy who declined to take a decoy because he was too cool. <laughs> Ulysses. Ulysses. He was the original. Like, you, you, you'll constantly hear the name throughout the game, Courier 6. Um which is Ulysses, and he, he doesn't want to re- basically deliver the platinum chip because he basically tells you, like, he knows something's not right, but he's trying to kind of put a, put his finger on it, like, what about it just seems off. So you end up doing the job instead. Um, and it kind of leads you into this place called the Divide, which is actually what it states it is. It's a divided area where there's a lot of earthquakes, violent storms, and you got like you have bits. you have to brave the weather in this one. On top of the fact that there's tons of um, there's lots of nukes kind of just sitting there waiting to explode. Yeah, are, um, are they the type that will explode if jostled, or are they a little more stagnant? They're it's a little both. more stagnant, but they yeah, give both. you a microwave gun that blows them up because you need them to get certain areas. Like, it, it's an old Air Force missile base. Well, That's probably the best way to, to look at it. Um, and when it talks about the fact that it's a lonesome road, it, it really is, because you're not allowed to take any party members. And we mentioned uh, Eddie earlier. Eddie actually becomes the voice of Ulysses throughout the quest. So Eddie will follow you around, but um, you can't actually use Eddie. And Ulysses will start talking to Eddie and there's a conversation that happens kind of that's it's very philosophical and it's asking the courier like why did you do this like why did you take on this job knowing nothing about it right and it, the conversation kind of goes back and forth and it's really cleverly done just just by having kind of Eddie in that space uh, between you and Ulysses and then when you actually get to the end of the DLC you kind of have your big your big moment with Ulysses um and you can choose to just help him destroy some folks, like you would, you know, the Moon Man and stuff like that. Or you can kill him and basically state your case of the situation. Both are interesting approaches. Um, I killed Ulysses because screw Ulysses. <laughs> I mean, he used to work for Caesar, so <laughs> we don't like him. <laughs> In my other playthrough, I was. I, I didn't get to do that DLC, but I probably would have been nice to him because I was working for Caesar's Legion. But it's it's a really like bitchy DLC in the sense that oh my goodness, the amount of death claws here. That's your first thing. Um, second of all, you you will need all your resources for Lonesome Road because there's always a lot of like hidden areas that can be destroyed by other things. But then you, you set off chain of events for lots of mobbies or lots of death claws or the nukes. So it's it's, it's also tricky. worth mentioning that if you are playing with the wasteland per you can kill a unique death claw and take his claws to make a death claw gauntlet called the fist of which is fantastic. Does it do what you would expect? It does do exactly what you would expect. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> it's a pretty badass weapon. I know you made it, Scott. I know I didn't, but you did. Cuz I didn't have weird west. Everyone was already dead. They were all already dead. So really really Awesome DLC, and again, um, you get some really good bonuses out of it. And just well, Wiki says that these aren't really story things, but Gunrunner's Arsenal gives you a whole bunch of extra yeah, weapons, it, and whatnot. Well, Gunrunner's Arsenal gives you a whole bunch of 
it, it's it's even more guns compared to the first the, the core game, and even more ammo types compared to board. Games. And also, you get a shooting range. And there's a shooting range because you know shooting range. And, then and there's the- even more perks related to it based on using all the different weapons, different. Yeah. And then the courier stash is just more weapons. Well, it's all the pre-order packs in one box. So if you didn't get a pre-order for some reason... Well, it's kind of hard to get a pre-order now. Yeah. Well, now you get the Ultimate Edition because it would be silly otherwise. But I just, I love this game. Like, it is my favorite of the Obsidian games that I've played. Um, It's still the buggiest that I've played, but... No, it's not buggier than Elf. But see, I didn't have, again... I didn't have all the glitches in Alpha Protocol. I think the only weird one I got in that was, like, when I was sneaking and, like, everybody found me and then blew me up and I didn't die. And it was weird. So, I don't know. We'll get to Alpha Protocol at some point, but... Team C forever. Team C forever. If Alex was here, he'd be with us on that. You know what? I can't really blame him for wanting to sleep instead of being up past four in the morning. Yeah. No. We we love him. I I don't ask that of him very often because I know it's a lot to ask. But honestly, like, I think it's it's easy to say that, you know what, if you've got some patience and you're okay with the fact that, yeah, you may encounter some glitches, New Vegas is a really fun game. And the writing alone really is what sold me on the game. Sure, it was also watching Scott have lots of fun and then me going, I want to have fun too, but... The writing is just so good. Um, there's awesome characters, a lot of memorable moments, which for me, kind of, it just made it all the more special compared to 3. Because playing 3 after playing, like, see, most people did 3 and then New Vegas. I did the opposite. I played New Vegas first, and then I went back to 3. And This like, is not the recommended order, I understand. No, it is not. Um, for me personally, I found that when I played 3 second... I could see all of three's flaws without any trouble. And it made me frustrated because, you know, everyone's like, oh, follow three. It's like, it's, it's totally better than New Vegas. Yeah, sure, from a QA standpoint, it's better. And yes, I still put 60 hours into it. But I never felt the same level of satisfaction completing quests in three that I did in New Vegas. Because, again, I felt like my choices really mattered. Compared to, oh, look, it's the quest for water. Uh, Like, yeah, you're delivering a platinum chip, but it's kind of fun to have that whole Tom and Jerry cat and mouse thing going on where it's like, oh, it snowballed. There's more to it. I'd rather have that than just a quest for water because, let's face it, a quest for water is really boring. And no matter how much they tried to make it interesting, I just kind of sat there and was like, other than crazy 1950s murder suburbia, um, I didn't really care. At least in this game, the main quest made me care, because I could go about it in, like, five different ways. Which, you know, how often in in games can you do that? Other than, like, the other game we talked about last time on Backtrack, like Dragon Age. Where, again, you had many different approaches. And I'm not saying Dragon Age was perfect about it, but at least, again, my choices mostly mattered. This is true. So, I don't know about you, Scott, like, what do you think? Uh, honestly, this feels like old in a lot of ways with just that, with the better gameplay element of Fallout involved. And that leads us to the question of, will we ever see Fallout 4? Uh, Well, Fallout, um... Supposedly, there's... Bethesda has all about... Bethesda has said they're going to do something for Fallout 4. 
And I think Obsidian has expressed an interest in doing New Vegas 2. Except for the part where now they're doing stuff for Pathfinder. They, they, they just keep taking on real paying gigs rather than <laughs> waiting on Bethesda g- to generate a new engine that they can play with. I think both parties are interested. It's just a question of timing. Well, and uh, let's face it, as much as Obsidian is a really fun developer, they put their hands in too many pies. And I think that's why a lot of their games suffer from QA issues, mostly. Other than South Park, but they had Ubisoft money on that one to kind of fix the QAing on that one. So yay, South Park. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't take as long as it did between Fallout 2 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we considering hope, all the lawsuits with this franchise, you never know. <laughs> and that, you know, that being said, I would love to see Obsidian do something in the Fallout first again, just because I actually think, truthfully, and people are going to scream at me on the forums, I think they did a better job, hands down. Which, you know, is kind of sad because you'd think Bethesda would step up their game. And sure, from a gameplay standpoint, yeah, Fallout Three is great. From a story perspective, it was shit. Like, utter crap. Um, And I just couldn't buy into it the way that I did here. Um, I'm not saying, like, there are people who love it, but then people also believe that, you know, DC is very much a character in Fallout 3, which I will give them that, because you really do kind of care about the environment that you're wandering in. But that's still not enough for me, I guess. Whereas, I would say New Vegas was less of a character, um, but it was made up for by actually having real characters. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, if Manny was here, um, he would be super unhappy with us. I told him when we, when this was happening. I can only assume he had Sorry, a busy Manny. night. <laughs> but I, I, I love this game. Like, it's definitely one of those games, if, if you actually just wanted to learn how to play a Western RPG because, oh my god, you've never played a Western RPG before, this is not a bad one to learn with. Like, it was one of my first Western RPGs. And I just put it on easy, just so I could learn, and then I graduated to, you know, normal, and I, I felt pretty okay. Like, it's not a hard game at all. Uh, so, you know, if you wanted to try a Western RPG that won't make you bash your head into a wall, because, oh my god, all the things, this is a good one to start with. So if Michael Cunningham and I can do it, so can you. <laughs> well, I, could, I can probably do it, now that I have... A controller, instead of having to rely on a mouse, I may give it a shot in the future. Well, you might also want to check that your little laptop can run it. That is a... That is a Remember concern. to use, you know, can my computer run it? It's a great resource. Scott has made me use it a few times. <laughs> Although his beast downstairs could probably run it this way from Sunday. I know my computer that I have cannot run it. Sad face. I also know that I'd want to play it on computer because that's the ultimate edition and I don't want to have to deal with all the, the bugs. Well, you know what? Like I said, the 360 was actually not too bad for bugs. Like, the version you really don't want to play is the uh, is the PS3 one. <laughs> that is the one I will tell everybody, like, please don't play it on that. Like, you're asking for crippling yourself. Um, Sony got the short end that time. They often do. It's their own <laughs> fault for their weird-ass cell architect. Mind you, you know, again, Alpha Protocol ran pretty good on PS3. Which may have been also related to the weird-ass cell architecture. We'll never know. (laughs) I think it was a fluke. Because Sega didn't put any frickin' money into it. 
I think that sounds like a story for another day. Maybe I just don't like Sega. Wait, but Sega is the company that has nothing but plaudits and love wherever you go because it always does the right thing. I once had a, hey, Scott, what was that quote I said about Sega that I think is totally accurate? Which one was that? The one about Sega pulling out prematurely. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. I can't imagine where that would come from. Sega always does the good stuff the good way. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, do you have any more questions about New Vegas? Uh, not unless the graphics or, or any of the visuals just struck you as, I gotta talk about this right now. Nah. Okay. Like, the visuals are, they are what they are. I wouldn't say they're amazing. At least people kind of look like people in this game. That's a step up from three. Because Bethesda really makes ugly people. Like, they are fugly. Wait, they look like ugly people, or they don't look like people at all? It's a combination of both. Okay. Like, Skyrim, I think, was the first time that people sort of kind of looked like people. Kind of. And that's not saying much. You know it was better? Being a cat person in Skyrim. At least cats look like cats. <laughs> they got that one right. And being a lizard I, person meant you looked like a lizard person. I, I cannot people. argue with this logic. <laughs> The stories we hear on the backtrack. Everybody, this is the segment of the show that we like to call the final lap, where we round up everything. Well, it is kind of the kitchen sink part of the show. And since I'm not usually the one who announces it, that explains why my speech is slightly less patterned than Phil's usually is. But, you know, I'll, I'll, get, it, I'll get it down eventually if I have to do this constantly. So we had some feedback from our last episode on Dragon Age Origins, and actually I can speak to the, to more of that now, because the first thing Becky had to say with that feedback had to do with the Broodmother, oh God. which I, had, I hadn't seen when we did that episode. Now I have. Ew. It, yes. It's ooky. It I'm kind of glad that I was using the overhead view and didn't have to look at that with a close camera, because it looks... Mm, looks kind of like the fat bastard with skinned alive. <laughs> Scott and I did, so we we could not avoid it. And let's see, TechSide, TechSide was very very amused by our lengthy digression on cat pee. <laughs> and my explanation for that is pretty simple. I thought Wynn would have something amusing to say, and she didn't. She just ha- oh, well, that's nice, thank you. Which didn't quite make up for the minus 50 approval that got me. Worth it. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) I probably should have saved right before I tried that, but of course, stupid me, I didn't. You know what, I eventually just bought a whole bunch of thoughtful gifts 
from that dwarf who shows up in your camp and lets you buy crap from him. These generic thoughtful gifts. Let me make it all up. Oh man, my favorite thoughtful gifts. <laughs> hey, I love me some thoughtful gifts. Hey, honey, you know what's a thoughtful gift for your wife? What? Metro Redux. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. How about a puppy? You have two dogs. <laughs> I have puppies. It sounds like both of those dogs are no longer puppies. <laughs> she wants another puppy. I don't know, man. A brew man's pretty cute. At this rate, you're going to have a new dog every six months. Nah, Scott won't give me another dog. It's okay. TechSide also said that something that pulled me out, pulled him out of Origins a little bit was that the protagonist doesn't say anything, except in combat, when whatever voice you gave him acts up. Ah! And, uh. Ha ha, they're so eager to die. And victory! <laughs> Wait, that's Baldur's Gate 2. Never that's mind. Baldur's Gate 2, honey. Where are you going? <laughs> and I, I do think he has a point in that the protagonist generally just stands there with the same expression all the time, and... Well, Commander Shepard is fully voiced, but if you ask someone to do the Shepard pose... They're going to realize just what you mean and how often that Shepard is just kind of standing there like I'm always. Well, the Dragon Age protagonist does usually, usually is not leaning on anything. And then Techside also related the um, uh, Dark Spire talk, which without Phil here, I don't think we need to go into any further. Yeah. How about- and he congratulated you on this, this wedding thing that you recently had. And yeah, we'll be excellent to each other, guys. We got married. Still doesn't feel different from regular dating. Also, I guess it doesn't help. We've been together eight years. On the other hand, our wedding was really pretty. And what else? There was lots of booze. Um, I, I told the officiant that I didn't want to repeat everything I had just said because I quietly said it. Apparently, I was running the amazing race because my uncle's like, what are you doing? You're running the amazing race. And I was like, I just want to get to the front because I want to get this started. Because I'm impatient. <laughs> well, like, as we, as she was walking down, I think everyone kind of collectively realized that, oh, wait, we probably should ask the DJ for the uh, throne room music from the end of A New Hope for the wedding march. Oh, we were so mad. We, we, we didn't think. We were like, damn it. <laughs> but you know what? It's fine. It worked. It's all good. It was a good night. It was party central. So no Adam gonna... Sandler wedding singer issues. <laughs> no, but, like, our... our the place that we had our wedding was in an old train yard, which was pretty cool. Yeah, we had a sweet steampunk wedding. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Hey, there were there were gears on it. It's goddamn steampunk. If only I had my goggles. That would have been so cool. And but yeah, if we got married, now we're married. So thank you, people, for congratulating us. We are not RP Gamer's power couple. No, we aren't. We've already stated at the very beginning of this episode, it is Mac and Becky. And someday we'll get them on another episode together to reaffirm that they are, in fact, the power couple, despite never being in the same room together. Indeed. I think they've met once. No, they haven't, sweetie. Okay. I've met Michael, and Becky practically lives here some days. So, you tell me. I don't know. I think the transitive property works to meeting people. That's how it works, right? If you say so, my dear. I say so. So clearly you must be right. Galleon80 chimed in to say that he really loved Dragon Age because he actually cared about his party thanks to all that interaction because it didn't let him forget them like in some RPGs, which is very true. You're not going to be forgetting your party members. Thank goodness for that. It also didn't give you a bajillion party members to pretend you were paying attention to. 
Also true. Um, so let's see. Having finished Origins since we did that episode, let's see. Ogryn was pretty funny in some of his dialogue. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to remember. Oh, fart me a lullaby. That's a decent line. And yeah, most of his dialogue has to do with getting drunk. But you know what? He's a dwarf. That's cool. Ogryn's adorable. I quite liked him. Um, and let's see. Yeah, I, I let Logan live, which pissed off Alistair, and he left me. Oh, boo-hoo. And I was an elf, so there was no way I could get with Anora to be king alongside her, but oh, well, I lived. And then you beat the crap out of the Archdemon after going through Denerim, which is flaming and on fire, and there are thousands of dark spawn running through the streets. Most of them go down with the slightest touch, which is kind of cool. It just shows how awesome everybody is. And, yeah, I, I don't have any more thoughts to relate at the moment, except continuing the game was, shockingly enough, a lot of fun. Well, you've had a good experience so far with your Western RPG that you've chosen to play. That's probably a good sign. It's true. And, oh, what'll it be next? I don't know next. My, my time will become lim- greatly limited in the near future. Um... And after finishing Origins without diving into the post-game DLC, I have begun Trails in the Sky, gotten fairly, gotten a fair ways into it. I like the combat more than you do, Sam, which I gather isn't hard. You despise the combat in this game. I do not like it. That is correct, sir. I find that I, in order to make progress faster, have deliberately avoided trying to talk to every NPC after every minor event, which apparently leaves out half of the reason for this game to be such a translation mess, which is the reams and reams of dialogue these people say. But you know what? Yes, they say unique things. No, that does not make the unique things always interesting. Wow, the lady, she first told you that she was going to go shopping for new shoes to buy with her new dress, and then she tells you that the store has stuff in so she can go do the shopping. I'm so thrilled. I'm so glad that I talked to her twice to learn that. It's very important that the stores have the shoes so you can do the shopping. Otherwise, you wouldn't know you could do the shopping, and then you'd be just just out of luck, bud. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. Even though I was able to buy shoes just fine, so I don't know what her problem was. Oh, I, I, I was buying combat shoes, whatever they freaking call it in the game. I forget right now. She was probably buying some some loafers or something. I, I will have a review up for that. Eventually. Yeah, at the rate I'm going, I'm trying to tear through it as quickly as possible. Hopefully it's not a game you really can tear through, though. Like, as much as you're making probably very good progress, I know it took me a long time to play. Because there really is a lot to the game, and there's lots to explore. And I mean, it's the only Falcom game, admittedly, I've ever finished. So, for me, that's kind of awesome. Because, like I said, the story for me was the best part of that game, and I loved the characters. So, I always like to know what they were saying and thinking a lot of the time. Yeah, I like the characters. I I still object to the fact that I have never thought of teenagers as brats. I think of them as punks and jerks a lot of the time, but I don't automatically look at a teenager and think, what a brat. Get out of here, you worthless brat. And uh, apparently, this is another of those items from Japan where you are either... A, young, a brat or an old fogey. There's no in-between. I, do, I don't really understand that mentality, but it's there, and we've seen it in several things that come from Japan, or at least 
whatever the terminology we're using to translate them comes out to. So, yeah, but translation is good. I like that. It's certainly a lot better than what Mac and Alex had to say about the PSP Legend of Heroes games. Nobody likes those. Um, I'm sure someone will tell me they do, and that's fine, too. I'm just being a jerk for the sake of it. Yeah, probably that person who chimed in on our forums when Alex did a second opinion on one of them to say that that was a terribly written review and that he couldn't possibly take the reviewer seriously. You probably remember that person. Well, yeah, some sort of fish guy, right? Fish eater, I think. He's a freaky fish guy. Let's roll with that. It works. I didn't play those ones, so I, I have no comment. I just played the one, and, and I was content. Yeah, and hopefully Exceed is on track with whatever the subtitle of part two in this part of the Legend of Heroes series is, because... It's Tits 2, chapter, uh, second chapter. Okay. I believe that is the subtitle. Tits 2, really? <laughs> they didn't. They didn't take the opportunity to correct for their horrible acronym that they don't like. Uh, Actually, I'm pretty sure they love that acronym. I, I thought they were horribly embarrassed by it. No, they, they like that acronym. Okay, they think it's funny. Okay, it is apparently... <laughs> they, also appreciate, they also appreciate the fact that every time we write a news story, a joke is usually inserted. <laughs> okay, I, it is Tit's second chapter. That's what I said. No, you should just said tits too. No, I said tits chapter two, second chapter. No, no, don't correct me, husband. I have Marital the audio fight. right here. Marital fight. You're done. I win. I'm wife. Done. I'm probably wrong, but that's okay too. See, he's not arguing with me because he doesn't play JRPGs. Unless they have robots. If they Very, have robots, robots or are a key are a key element of things. Or climbing a tower to find Nirvana. Hey, sometimes like you just have to reason. climb a. Sometimes you just have to climb a tower to kill God with friendship. SMT does not believe in friendship. You lie. Persona Three seemed to have a lot of things to say about friendship that you were generally. You mean generally... four? You mean four was all about friendship? Three and four, man. <laughs> Three was less of it. Also, I have the cutest little Jinpei toy. Oh my God, Jinpei! Jinpei! I like Jinpei. He's no Mitsuru, though. So, um, the new Ninja Turtles sucks. Oh, God, it sucks? Okay, because my nephew was trying to get Scott and I to take him to go see it. Well, my Sam, littlest one, not the older one. I, I wrote about this, but Sam, you, you know what the turtles look like based on the trailer. They're, yeah, they're, they're horrible Swamp Thing Hulk crossovers. Yeah, Imagine how Splinter looks. I don't want to know, and I don't want to live in this world anymore. My friend thought that he looked like a Skeksy. Remember Dark Crystal? <laughs> I think he looks a little more like a newborn Joey, right? Going right into the marsupial pouch, except with a Fumanchu. Um, ew. So either way, he will haunt your nightmares. Those eyes, I can't get them out of my head. And then there's just the weird... Tony Shalhoub is the voice of Splinter. <sighs> That's just weird. Gives me wings flashbacks. So, um, yeah, if you thought from the trailers that this would, looked great and you had to see it, then you are one of the people who caused it to gross all this money and guarantee that a sequel will come out and probably be even worse. So I thank you for nothing, nothing at all. 
this is why we can't have nice things. Okay, I'm. What have you been up to lately, Scott? Uh, not a lot, really. Just dealing with Getting life, married. and just dealing with life, and putting together a review of the fifth edition player's handbook. And getting married. In in that thing that happened. See, he's not even like excited anymore. Yeah. Uh, After all the me? prep that went through, I'm I can't say I'm surprised he's not excited anymore. No, no. Between the two of us, we were just like, "Oh my god, it's over!" Thank God. <laughs> we were so happy, but we have not really played a lot of stuff, have we, sweetie? Because we had lots of guests afterwards still, like, hanging around. Yeah. So we were entertaining a lot, too. Yeah, you had Adrian in the in the area for a while, didn't you? Oh, yes. I don't oh, play yes. host Adrian in Adam. Sorry. <laughs> Except that you did. <laughs> but he did made that joke very frequently. Hey, you gotta keep mixing it up. But we had Adrian. Um, he bought us a horrible wedding present. By the name of Time and Eternity. No, no, he bought you a horrible way. Yeah, you, you got a nice present. I got a crappy present. Scott got a game called Snake Oil, which is a card game that was really fun. I got Time and Eternity, but then I forced Adrian to play it, and he sobbed the whole time, so it was totally worth it. So he agreed that you were on the money. <laughs> oh, he was He was like, I, I, I don't understand how you played this for 20 hours. And I was like... I hate myself. Clearly, that's the answer. But he did exactly what I did, which is pick all the perverted answers, so he totally understood why the game was so offensive. <laughs> so you were like, oh, this game's not offensive at all. It's like, yeah, if you pick the nice options, if you pick the pervy options, like, holy sexism, Batman, like, it's brutal. And, like, uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah. We revisited Time and Eternity. He also gave me a Zelda game for my wedding present too and he knows how much I love Zelda which one I actually gave me a link between worlds so I'm actually kind of okay. happy with that because I actually have played and beaten a link to the past and I actually like that one and I actually started it up today and I'm enjoying it so yes like, that was the first Zelda I had played and finished since link to the past so from you know for me who doesn't like Zelda at all I'm enjoying it try to get me to play Ocarina of Time again and I will sit there and curse at you all not a fun game. At least for well, me, it's not a fun game. I don't know. If I played it now, I'd probably be going into it and bitching about the camera because it's... I don't care how progressive it was by 1988 3D. standards. You, you can play it, though. You have a 3DS. Yeah, I could. Do I really want to? No. I don't know. These are things I'm not sure about. If somebody yeah. gave it to me, I'd play it, but that that's not high on my list of desires in the world. I actually come to think of it, Scott, you're a liar. You have been playing something. You're replaying Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Where you dated Garrus, Senpai, because you hoped he noticed you. That joke never gets old. I'm sorry. Never will. <laughs> so sad that we love it so much. But that's okay. I, I just... Mass Effect 3, it's a special game for both good and bad purposes. Well, probably around January, February time will be the time to get to that one. Because yeah. we haven't gone through Mass Effect 2 yet. Oh, yeah. The one Scott hates. I'm indifferent to Mass Effect 2. But, yeah. Scott, did you play anything else? Yeah, not really. Other than get married to Sam, you poor sucker. See, he won't even answer. Yeah, something like that. Sucker. I love you. <laughs> Most awkward couple ever. Um, I played I things, I guess. You played a game based on the incomprehensible movie Things, or you played something else called Things? No, I just played some Things. Okay. Um, I gave up on this guy 4. 
I totally get why people love this series. I had a hard breakup with it because I'm just not into it. I hate the gameplay. I As don't. I mind recall it. Wheels really, Mr. Apps really liked it because of the puzzles that you have to solve in I the middle think, of the battles. I have nothing against the puzzles. I just, I don't feel like my TRPGs need to be that complicated. Like to me, it's like it's an added layer that makes the battles prolong themselves even longer. So a battle takes like it can be anywhere from like a half an hour to two hours for no reason. So clearly, I mean, I'm playing the game wrong if it takes me two hours, but I'm exaggerating for the sake of it just wasn't fun to me, like at all. And everyone says like Sky Four is not the one to start with um, because it does make all these assumptions that you've played all the other ones. So it was kind of a kind of a bad start. So I, I told Michael I was bailing, and he was not mad at me in the slightest. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do for a Disgaea 4 review, but, I mean, pretty much either you like Disgaea well, we, or We've already don't. got the one on PS4, PS3, <laughs> so... My, 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 thing is, my thing is, you know, I like to give a strong try to everything I play, and for the most part, I finish just about everything I play, so... This one and Mugen Souls, admittedly, just neither of them jived with me. Mugen Souls makes sense, because this guy, I actually thought there was a good chance I would enjoy. And the worst part is, I hate the gameplay, but the writing and the story is really good. So it's almost like I wish I could just watch the story, which I might just do on YouTube, um, because I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed the story parts of the game. I just, the gameplay was just not my thing. And I like TRPGs, so like I said, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that I, I couldn't get into it. I have been playing a different game for review, which I actually am kind of in love with. And, you know, a lot of people saw it on the forums and were like, oh god, it's an RPG Maker game. Um, and, and it is. We've both played some of those. It, all, this, it all depends this, on what you put in. This one is kind of different because it's actually made with RPG School, which is the... it's really really freaking old. And it's called Helen's Mysterious Castle, and it was just localized by Playism. Um, whoever developed this game managed to remove all the crappy bits of RPG Maker to make a really fun game. <laughs> like, it actually is a really fun combat system. Um, good use of puzzles. Um, it's actually challenging. Yeah, Most you've been RPG- saying that it, it requires you to get your butt stomped a few times in order to figure out what to do, right? Yeah. Helen's Mysterious Castle reminds me of playing the last game I reviewed, which was the Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy required you to think and repeat, like try a different strategy for the same area. And and Helen's Mysterious Castle is the same thing, with the only difference being that the battle system is turn-based. But because it functions with a waiting system, you have to watch the enemy's wait points versus your own, and you have to kind of do the math, right? Because if your wait time exceeds the attack time of the enemy, they're going to get the drop on you. And depending on the length of the wait, like if your wait is, let's say, 20 seconds versus, you know, let's say six, um, the enemy will get more than one attack on you, no less. So you have to play really strategically, and it's definitely not a game that you can just aggressively force your way through. Like, you actually have to really sit and think about what you're doing. Um, with the one-on-one battles. So it's kind of nice that it's turn-based, but on the other hand, it's it's surprisingly challenging as well because there's just some situations where no matter what you do with the wait times, um, you're going to get hit. So you just have to figure out how to negate the amount of damage you're going to take. So it's it's been a good little game, and um, honestly, for $2, um, which mm-hmm. is what Playism is asking, you, you get your money's worth. 
Um, every person I've talked to that's been playing Helen's Mysterious Castle has been having a ball with it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I'm hopefully going to have a review soon for it. But it's it's a fun game. Um, very unexpected enjoyment out of that one. Like, I was not expecting much from it, and, you know, those are the best experiences when you have no expectations, and then all of a sudden, like, lo and behold, it's something really enjoyable. Um, and, again, good challenge level, too. I mean, Rogue Legacy was, was, was painfully hard. This one's not too bad by comparison, but it has its moments. So I've been playing that. I've also been playing Tales of Zillia 2, which I'm not reviewing, thank God, because um, I hate dealing with Tales fans. Um, I don't like this game as much as Zillia 1. Um, everyone's like, oh, it's so dark. And, like, after, like, halfway through Chapter 8, and I'm kind of going, I'm not seeing it. And whatever they're considering dark, like, Tales dark, it's it, it, it's doing nothing for me. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. Also, Ludger, the new main character for this game, he's stupidly overpowered. Like, to the point where it's just, like, it's, it's ridiculous, and he's not fun to play as because he's overpowered. Like, I've, I've played as him when I'm forced to. Otherwise, I keep switching around with all the characters in Zillia, because they all have really fun play styles. So, I'm liking the character quests. It is so reused art assets and everything from Zillia, which is kind of lame. Um, mm. But, like, it's a direct sequel. I'm not expecting much. Am I getting my money's worth? Yes, because I'm still having a lot of fun. The dialogue is still really fun. The characters are still really fun. So it, it's been pretty enjoyable. Like, Adrian and I were playing it together, so it was pretty fun. Um, he had more laughs than I did. I just kind of raised my eyebrows a few times for some of the crap that was happening in the game. Something tells me Adrian will have a review up for that eventually. Probably soon, every actually. Tales game. Probably soon, actually. He's been really, really liking it. Um, and not liking it at the same time, too. Like, the stuff that I'm not enjoying about it, interestingly, is also the same stuff he's not enjoying about it, and usually we don't agree, so that's kind of fascinating. <laughs> so those are the two, like, real games I've been playing. And I guess I started up Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, because I thought I would try to give it a shot, and I don't hate it. So that's a good thing. I also... I'm missing a copy of Final Fantasy X, and I think it ended up going to Scotland. <laughs> because I think Ada and Rachel, I accidentally put my game in, in their South Park box because I bought them the inappropriate version of South Park for their birthdays. And you think, said that the inappropriate version wasn't being sold in Scotland, right? It is not sold in Scotland. So that was Ada's birthday present when she got her inappropriate version of South Park. And then I think, like I said, my final <laughs> copy of Final Fantasy X ended up in there, and I was kind of sad because I wanted to play more of it. Oh, that well. was the that was the new one with Ten Two bundled in, right? Yes, the remaster. So, so you two um, can see that yes, these these are the same textures Square used two years ago, and they're being reused all over the place. I remember I never finished this one, so like I was kind of getting into it. I'm not saying like it's the best Final Fantasy ever cuz I don't like Final Fantasy. But I was I was enjoying it. I was enjoying what I was playing. Oh well, it, you'll get it back eventually. Eventually. So, that's about it for me. So, yeah. Oh my god, this is not a 4-hour show. It's amazing. Like I said, not unless I, we want to keep yakking about something. Uh... No, no bedtime. <laughs> This was good. Also, yay, leave us comments. I, well, am I don't awkward. have a copy of Phil's speech to read in front of me. I will just say, 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Listen to all the previous backtracks if you want. The archive is right there on the main site. So is the RPG cast. So is this thing called Active Topical Banter, which I think Scott and Sam know something about. I I have heard this from a good source. It's my show. Apparently, I have a fan club. Yeah, you can join it. Send me nine ninety five. <laughs> that's Cartman's shtick. You can't steal it. Nine ninety five. <laughs> there will be a newsletter and a pen. Nine ninety five. We established in the last episode that apparently the fan club that you created for me is basically the babysitters club. Without any babysitting. And nine ninety five. Trent wanted to be treasurer. Free Trent, hat. Is, <laughs> Trent is the treasurer. He's Stacy. He does the math. <laughs> Alright, good night everybody. Good night everybody. Yay. Well, Alright, thank you, Scott. You saw me standing alone Without a dream in my heart Without a love of my own Blue moon You knew just what I was there for You heard me saying a prayer for Someone I really could care for And then there suddenly appeared before me The only one my arms will hold I heard somebody whisper, please adore me And when I looked to the moon, it turned to gold Blue moon Now I'm no longer alone Without a dream in my heart Without a Suddenly appeared before me The only one my arms will ever hold I heard somebody whisper, please adore me And when I looked, the moon had turned to gold Oh.